Hey, what's going on? No Bad Dog Army. Happy Wednesday. I have an amazing podcast with a fearful dog in it. So super fear. What do you do with a dog that is terrified of everything and everybody to a point where it's hard to even move within the house? So we talk a lot about on how to build confidence as well as why certain dogs can get like this and stop doing the things that everyone else is doing. Like everyone does the same thing with these fearful dogs and it creates more anxiety, more fear. So we're going to go over that in this episode. If you guys are listening to this and you have questions, I want to answer your questions. So I'm going to answer listeners questions at the end of the podcast. All you guys have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart, leave a review. And within the review, you ask me your question and I'll answer it next episode. So I'm excited. Uh, Canadian dates uh, for tour are in the description below, as well as joining the No Bad Dog Members Club, which gives you the uncut version of all of our YouTube stuff and the community. And we go live once a week to answer your specific questions. All that stuff is in the link below. Enjoy the podcast. I'll talk to you at the end. Hi there. Hi, good morning. Hi, Tom. Yes, it is. Thanks so much for calling. Yeah, of course. How are you doing? Excellent. Pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Thanks. Thank you. That's great. Of course. Yeah. So I have a very special case, which I'm sure you're used to getting everyone's special cases. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's sitting here. So this is a foster dog who I actually think I'm going to adopt. Great. Um, She's been here for three months. She's about probably two and a half now. She was a stray in Texas who I believe was trapped, taken to animal control. And she came to me via one of these rescues that, you know, takes dogs out of Texas and adopts them out elsewhere. So this rescue is based in New York City, and she had been placed with a couple of foster homes in New York City. But I think the transport really messed with her in a way that maybe doesn't affect all of their dogs. Um, Because what I was told was that she went into complete shutdown for about I guess they had her about a month in New York City before they were like, okay, this is not going to work. So the shutdown was so bad that, you know, she was peeing and pooing in the crate. She would not come out. Like she was just totally in that sort of helpless, I give up type of state, you know. Mm -hmm. And I kind of stumbled into her by accident. I have one really amazing dog who we adopted right before the pandemic started, before we knew there would be a pandemic. Um, She's incredibly easy. We have, you know, done some obedience training and stuff with her, but I mean, she's never been a problem. And so that was kind of my starter dog and we love her. And we moved actually from Los Angeles to, I'm in the Poconos in Pennsylvania. And so, yeah, it's a pretty good place. And, you know, Edie's a great dog. She's, we we did DNA tests on both of them actually. So Edie is like Chihuahua and Cocker Spaniel mostly. Mm. And um, so she was small. We had a small apartment at the time. And for a while I've been thinking, you know, I would like kind of a, I would like a dog to learn with and, you know, one that kind of reflects the state of where we are. So we live in a, a lakeside community. It's very quiet. There's lots of nature. So I was eager to get a dog, not so much bigger than her because she's like 21 pounds. Um, so this dog, when we saw the listing for her, it was great. She was, you know, 30 pounds, two years old, looked like a shepherd mix and is a shepherd mix. Um, and then when I inquired about her in particular, they're like, oh, we have this situation where she's completely shut down and we don't know if we should like, we might just send her back to a sanctuary or something. But what they wanted to do actually was they wanted to attempt to put her in a home outside of New York city to see if that would open her back up. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I was like, and nobody had any expectations this is a rescue that does not seem to get a lot of sort of special needs or challenge dogs. 
So I think they get the ones that can just kind of go to homes in New York City and, you know, be relatively okay. Sure. And the other ones, they just sort of, they have to find solutions for, you know. Yeah. So I thought, well, this is certainly a learning opportunity. Why not? So we we brought her home and um, we, we did not introduce a crate at all in this environment. And so that didn't give her that option. She did try to keep, you know, to her safe places and sort of feel things out. Um, and, you know, so like long story short, she's a surprisingly better dog than I thought we were going to get out of all of this. Um, she has some real strengths. She seemed to be almost completely housebroken. She had a few early accidents, but I attribute that more to just kind of getting into the routine of things. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually fairly good on a leash outside with some caveats. Um, she heals nicely. She stays at my side. She responds to pressure. Uh, like really actually kind of extraordinary. She is leash reactive to other dogs, but it's not that she barks. We actually have not heard this dog bark yet in almost three months, <laughs> but she gets terrified at about maybe 20 feet away from another dog on a leash, mm. even if that dog isn't doing anything. Uh, this happens with a very harmless small dog that was not barking, wasn't moving with an elderly owner. Um, and she'll try to run away like all hell. <laughs> I should caveat this too. We had had her for three days. Um, and because we we were so, I mean, obviously we were new to everything with this dog, but we had heard everything of, oh, you know, she's a shutdown, she's this, like, you're not going to have the problem of her going too far. But she did actually have a big reactivity episode on a leash in my front yard, which unfortunately is not fenced. And it completely caught me off guard and I dropped the leash and she took off. Um, mm. So we spent the next three days in the woods looking for her. We found her and actually we needed a pair of trappers to bring her back. <laughs> Uh, but that worked out, and she, you know, she came back in. She settled. That was like that was mid-January, and thankfully, nothing, nothing as dramatic as that has happened. I've learned my lesson on that front. But basically, she does have these two modes. She has the shutdown mode, so she has freeze, and she has extreme flight. You know, mm-hmm. um, so she's it's interesting too. So she's she's housebroken in the sense of she's not, you know, having accidents. She's not chewing stuff up, but she's incredibly motion sensitive. Um, you know, I could be in the same room with her, and if I so much as cross my legs, even if I'm not near her, she'll get up and, and dart out of the room and come into, you know, the kitchen or some other room. So that's just, um, I'm not quite sure what that is, but it, it used to be far worse. I think it is getting a little bit better with time. But I, I'm, you know, reaching out to you because we have had her for three months, and there are definitely those things that have gotten better as she's acclimated, and then there's some other things that don't seem to make progress on that basis. So that tells me, you know, there has to be a sort of structured solution for that to get addressed. And it's just a matter of finding the thing that I think will work with her. Because the other thing that's so unusual about her, I guess, maybe it just might not sound at all unusual to you. Uh, she's got all these sort of classic things that sort of like, you know, run-of-the-mill trainers. I've talked to a lot of people and, you know, they want to put obedience in her and all this stuff, which I get. But the hard thing with this dog is to even get her in a state where she's receptive to that is such a challenge. You know, like a lot of mm-hmm. people will say, um, you know, toss her treats. If you throw a treat at this dog, she freaks out. <laughs> and she still hasn't learned to eat treats off the ground. She will eat them out of my hand. Um, and that we've made a lot of progress with things that way. But I mean, even something as fundamental as she'll eat a treat that's near her. Like you can't make that assumption with this dog, <laughs> you know. Um, a lot of people say, oh, we'll try to engage her with toys no interest whatsoever in toys. Um, so it's like she almost doesn't know how to be a dog, it feels like. 
And yet she yeah. is very loving. Um, seems like a very sweet dog, honestly. I have gotten her to to sit and, you know, now she'll offer that sit because, you know, in certain situations, she's like, oh, this must be what I want to, like, supposed to do. So she's she's willing when she understands and when she's not in that state of, oh, my God, I'm going to die, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big thing that's a challenge is she's very, very, I mean, she's fearful of everybody. But for a couple of days, you know, I was able to to handle her more easily. Like, she actually will come over to get her leashes put on now and that type of thing. Um, but she's never opened up to men. Mm. Um, I do live with my boyfriend, so that's a struggle. So he, um, you know, he doesn't try to approach her because that's, that's like, so not happening. But if, if he's in the room, of course, she's even edgier. Um, the, the motion sensitivity thing goes up to like a 12 when it's usually somewhere, you know, depending, depending like around a six or a seven. And, you know, so I'm trying to find a way to to make that feasible. And again, it's always sort of like that dance of, am I going to shut her down? Am I going to make her flee? You know, and just trying to find the way to get to that. It seems like a very small window right now where she is receptive. She is willing. And it's just a matter of like expanding on that and making more things happen while she's there. But in a way that's, that's appropriate for a dog who doesn't seem to know how to be a dog. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the intro, but I'm sure I'm sure you might have some more questions. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds yeah, it sounds like it's it's a classic like fight or flight situation, right? Yes. Which is common. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just no fight at all. I should mention. Just has, and I think that's it. She has a sort of like a, you know, a dog can't be defeatist, but if it could be, mm-hmm. uh, j- just no fight at all. Mm. Which I'm not saying is you know, what I would prefer, but she just doesn't seem to have a very strong sense of confidence, really, in anything. Yeah, yeah, I know that makes sense. Uh, totally. Uh, you know, my my past has been really developed on these types of dogs, and wow. the, these are the dogs that really I like to work with the most because they are the most challenging. Uh-huh. And you have to be the most creative to figure out the best way to have the dog open up and to become, uh, you know, more like a dog and more comfortable and build, uh, building that, uh, that confidence. And so, um, so let, let me just recap. So yeah. she, you've had her for three months. It is. Correct. Yeah. And so she's about two years old. Yeah. They told us two when she got captured if you will in in october of 22 so she's probably okay but they didn't like again they picked her up as a stray so sure. that's their estimate ish, yeah. two ish so two ish her is is her name edie or is that your other dog that's that's the, that's the easy dog easy edie is easy and this okay. one is kaya k-a-i-a k-a-i-a okay so kaya so so it sounds like she's she's fleeing in every situation that makes her uncomfortable and it's i want to know okay so i just like I said before, like this is my, I love this type of stuff. What, I'm glad. What is, her, yeah, this is because this is the most challenging to try to figure out, uh, you know, what what to do in these scenarios because it is Definitely. very challenging and you need a lot of, ex- I don't even want to say you need a lot of experience, but what you definitely do need is you need a lot of um, creativity to try to figure out how to, how to maneuver this. So, right. Um, what uh what is she like around the house like how is she, how is she hand, how does she carry herself around the house 
You know, she's actually a very beautiful dog, and she has this really lovely stride. She's, you know, very fluid, and so I know she's not, she's not doing that from a place of confidence, but she, she moves very nicely, and, you know, it's kind of, it depends on the day. I should also say that, you know, they wanted to try her on Prozac to see if that might at least take some edge off to make her a bit more receptive, and, yeah. you know, she's she's now officially, as of today, two weeks into that, and they really say, it takes three to four weeks to see any kind of, or, or to see the kind of the final amount, if you mm. will, of, of what's going to change. So she's, she's maybe leveling out a bit, but you know, someday she's completely fine. Um, you know, she'll, she'll go into the living room. She sleeps in the kitchen behind a gate. Edie sleeps in the living room. I just haven't had them. I'm actually more concerned with Edie doing something to Kaya than Kaya doing anything to Edie. She's very sure. deferential to a very small dog who she could easily, you know, put away. Um, so I, I appreciate that about her, but I think that also speaks to her, her just, you know, having no sense of autonomy or just, you know, I can stand up for myself or something like that, mm-hmm. but right. she's, she's found her way. So she'll, she'll, she'll choose a piece of furniture. Um, she can sit on that calmly. Yesterday I was surprised because she was going for, you know, an hour stretch of just chilling out and not being bothered by a movement. Mm. Um, other times it'll just be it'll be the same thing she'll try to she'll pick a spot but if i shift if i put you know i work from home if i put a laptop on a table even if it's like a motion away from her Mm. um you know not not making eye contact anything like that it's still very very flustering to her so she'll jump down i guess her reaction times are i mean she she reacts quick but her recovery time varies sometimes she'll immediately be like oh that was nothing and go right back to where she was Mm-hmm. Other times she'll kind of go in a different room, uh, might sit by herself on her bed in here, almost like she's like collecting herself, although I know she's not. And then later on she'll come out. She does, um, you know, she wants to sit by me. She's fairly bonded to me at this point. Um, I do think it's actually also a bit of separation anxiety. And I know I was, you know, obviously I found you through your videos and you have examples of that where it's almost this like this unhealthy codependency thing, you know? So it's not super extreme, but she definitely, she definitely seems to find some sense of either safety or protection or something mm. by being with me. So she'll often seek me out um, again. So she likes to sit next to me, but then if I so much as shift, it's like, ah, I got to go, you know? Mm. Uh, and it's just, it's reflexive. It's super reflexive. So that's most of her day. You know, she'll, she'll try to be where I am or the mm. other dog is, um, but she's, she's very peaceful. She just can't seem to, peaceful in the sense of, of quiet and not disruptive, but in her own mind, I think she's not at peace at all. Yeah, sure. Um, so you haven't, so what you're saying is, is you haven't really noticed a difference with the medication so far? I think it's, it's very incremental. Sure. Okay. And because, that's... um, yeah. And it's, it's like, what do you attribute it to? Is it just time? Is it also the meds? Yeah. I mean, in the beginning when she was on no meds, what happened was, I guess about a month ago, they, we tried her on trazodone first. Mm-hmm. And she did, she did fairly well, and then she did actually start experiencing aggression, like just out of the blue, a couple of isolated incidents, and the rescue, who still is making the calls about, you know, what she takes and whatever, mm-hmm. they didn't want her on trazodone long-term, but they were trying it, and the reason they didn't want her long-term is they find dogs get aggressive on it. So they said, take her off that, and we did, and the growling immediately stopped, so I do think it was, it was related to that. Mm, um, and she was okay. So hold on, yeah. hold on one sec. I yeah. want to dig into that a little bit more. So, sure. So after the trazodone dosage, how much was the dosage of that? Do you remember? Uh, she was getting a hundred milligrams a day. So 50, she 50. 
Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And you you saw you saw a variable in a in a switch in her uh, after the the medication. Yeah, she did improve, and it wasn't a hundred percent, but it was enough where you felt like, oh, she's she's settling in. This is going in the right direction, you know. So you you saw her get, you saw her get better, or you saw her get more aggressive with the trazodone. So we saw her get better for quite a while. She was on it for, I believe, it was the ninth, the evening of the eighth day, and then we we gave it to her the morning of the ninth. We saw aggression. The evening of the eighth day on the medication, before we totally understood, I thought she was developing barrier aggression because mm. it had happened at the gate between the living room and the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, God, this is, this is where we're going. This isn't good. And then um, the next morning, the gate was open, and I was actually like in the living room researching barrier aggression, thinking like, okay, this is what I've done. And she was in the kitchen all by herself, and she actually walked into the living room you know, no provocation, no anything. And she growled directly into my face. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is the most uncharacteristic response, you know? And then she was fine. Um, but then we put two and two together. And we're like, okay, I think it's the medication. So by then she got no more. Like I said, she got a, her final dosage was the morning of the ninth day she had taken it. She did not get one that afternoon. The vet said, you don't have to taper this one. Just stop giving it to her. But for those, for those, you know, seven and a half days, um, she was making progress because pre-trazodone, that was the first medication we tried, she would just pace relentlessly, just mm. constant pacing all through the house, you know, and then, you know, the two main rooms that she really occupies. Um, and it was the same thing. She wanted to settle in one. She might sit first. I mean, this, these were very small increments at that time, 60 seconds, 30 seconds, 10 seconds, mm-hmm. and then immediately had to go back up, go into the other room. But it wasn't satisfied with that, would come back out and just kept kept doing that. So obviously, you know, that, that struck me as an anxiety response for sure. Okay. Yeah, I just it's just interesting to hear, uh, you know, the majority of my, um, I guess, career uh, uh-huh. has a blend of skill and experience and innateness if you will and so a lot Uh of the a lot of the information to help me help other people comes from other dog owners and so i was just you know just really wanted to get granule on that that's very interesting okay yeah no i'm always happy to go there (laughs) there's i I feel like i've been collecting a ton of data Mm -hmm. because just everything seems to matter the slightest i mean also like i mentioned work from home I've been here so much of the time with mm. this dog, so I can see so many small things. Right. Yeah. That I think I'm probably like too too hyper focused in, honestly. But yeah. Um, okay. So she so yeah. she's kind of back to her air quotes normal self now. She's not growling anymore or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. The, okay. the growling stopped. That was. I want to say that was early March. Okay. All right. Early so mid March. Okay. Yeah. So first of all it's having more time with her will help just in general, a dog that is insecure, fearful, frightened, nervous, scared, etc., is going to act this way, uh, regardless of their genetics, you know, in the beginning, no matter what, uh, it's going to be a very scary place. It's going to be a very scary thing and uh, it's normal. So you're not going to be able to really, pull back the curtain and isolate like, okay, here's the big, here's the big problem. You're going to have to collect more data. And that's like with anything, right? Like you you test anything. That's just how it goes. So there's that. But 
um, how are you handling her when she's in the house? So, so un- I understand that when you're in the house with her, I understand how she is. She's fearful. You move, you shut a cupboard, somebody slams a door, whatever. She's like on edge. She's like out of here. She's moving, she's moving different rooms around when she feels a little uncomfortable and it doesn't take much to, to make her uncomfortable. But Correct, how yeah. are so how are you handling her now? Like, and, and mainly what I want to know is how you're communicating with her because the biggest thing when you're when you're working with dogs like this is leadership and guidance right. because they are desperate to cling on to anything that re- represents confidence and nurturing like right you, you you you're let's say you're this scared puppy quite literally in right. this world and then you find this beacon of light of a very um calm cool collective um kind but strong human and that's that's what that's what dogs like this need the absolute most. And oftentimes what ends up happening is the opposite. So it kind of has this fork in the road where uh, you can either make this relationship better or you can pretty much bury it. And a lot of people, unfortunately, because their, their instinct is to bury it, which essentially is giving the dog everything that they shouldn't have, which is too much love, too much talking, not enough boundaries or no boundaries. Um, And then the dog ends up, getting a lot worse because they're desperately looking for somebody that knows what they're doing. And the only thing that they're getting is treats, loves and new comfy beds. And they're right. You know. So how, how would you, how would you feel like you've been with her so far? I would say, especially in the earlier days, I mean, I know it's still early days. It's like almost three months in yeah. total now, but for the first month, I mean, especially after the whole escaping thing, um, I was really kind of handling her, with kid gloves, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just because she, I don't think they made this up, but I mean, it was just a startling thing to think she had gone from like a month shut down in a crate to, you know, she's by that standard, fairly functional around a house. You know, yeah. I know it's not perfect, but it's like, it was, it was very surprising. So I was like, okay, I don't want to, to push her back into that place. Um, and so I would be, you know, I was, I'm still the only one handling her. So I was, tr- I'm, I've been calm with her. I will give myself credit for that, mm-hmm. but I've definitely, you know, I've talked to her a lot. Um, I, I, I think it was, you have a video with, I think it was a small, the small white fluffy dog bear who was, who hated everything. I think that's what it's called, mm-hmm. but you, you bring this up where it's like, if you're, if you're doing too much of the doting on them, that actually like screws with their head more than somebody who's not that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was terrible, but I'd say it's far. It was far more on that side of the spectrum. There were some times I almost, and this is where I, I, I've had this experience I couldn't quite understand. It. And then I, I saw one of your videos where you essentially talk about this as a correction, and I'm like, oh my god! So like the light kind of went off, and that's why mm-hmm. I, I actually sought you out because I, I felt like you understood the balance between. I mean, it was a new concept to me that you have to be not not strict per se, but you have to be that leader for a dog who's like this. Mm, um and, yeah. and balancing that between sort of like their natural tendency to freak out versus like okay no we, we need to have the appropriate corrections at the right time um so i'll tell you a, a tangent but sure. why why that seemed important but like i mentioned she was fairly housebroken she had a few accidents and she used to have um more difficulty you know holding it overnight until the first time she went out in the morning you know so we have um we have like a nice it's a it's a, I guess you said like a, a gated in front porch. The porch itself is just concrete. And 
the, the gate door is on a roller. It's just wood, and you just kind of push it out. It's, it's nothing incredibly complex. They don't stay out there themselves or anything. Mm. Um, but normally, I would open that gate in the morning before I went and got her, just so that when I got her, we could walk out our front door. I wouldn't have to stop and push that gate open, because sometimes just that time it would take to stop and push the gate open, she would pee on the concrete. Mm-hmm. So um, I, we, we went out, we always went out to our side yard. Um, you know, if she went out there and everything was great, she got treats for that. And then if she went on the concrete, she did not get treats for that. And I was so, I was so torn because obviously that felt like a place that needed correction. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, am I going to send her over the edge? But one day it just like, it worked. She actually, I keep two leashes on her now yeah. after everything that's happened, but one of them is always a slip, you know? Mm-hmm. So one day she went out and she did that, but something in me, like it all just finally clicked. And I did just give her one of the tugs, like you say to do before I knew that was even a thing that should be done. Um, kind of like the pop. Mm, mm-hmm. And I just said, no, you know, and she actually like, you know, she got herself up and we went to the, the side yard and she was fine. Like it didn't, it didn't shut her down or freak her out or make her react. Um, you know, she finished peeing out there. And then honestly, that's the last time she ever did that, you know, trying to do something that, you know, wasn't appropriate. So mm. she seems to, I, there's definitely a clear thing where she needs the leadership because she does respond to it. You know, yeah. I've even noticed recently since I found you a couple of weeks ago, I changed my tone of voice. If I do sort of a, a not, again, not, it's not stern, but just kind of a more like decisive, like we're doing this, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. actually responds better. So and I've been trying to do like, even my posture when I walk, like I said, she's great on the property. We have like an acre. So, I haven't been taking her too far until I really figure out a bit more about the reactivity stuff. But, you know, the way I, the way I walk, the energy in that, that shifts. And then she also shifts, not that she was bad, but she just has a greater sense of confidence, it seems. So, so I totally get that. I do think, you know, it's a good juncture at this point for me to be developing more in that vein. And she does respond, which is good. So I guess maybe that's sort of like, I, you can you can hear it in me, I'm sure, but there's a hesitancy to to do a lot of trial and error with her because there is that knowing how extreme her reactions can be mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. stimulus that aren't completely understandable to me yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. So it's like how do I how do I walk the walk with her without accidentally sending her over the edge? I guess that's kind of that's probably my biggest existential concern as I work with this dog. You know? Yep. Yeah, and it's it's tough to it's tough to, there's no answer for that. It's really, you feel it. And that's, that's the artistry of working with animals. You just, excuse me, some people have that, this is the time to do this and it clicks. And that's, you know, fortunately for, for me and my clients, that's what I, you know, that's the gift that I have, if you will. I, I, I have no idea how I do what I do. It just comes to me and it, and it works really nicely. So, so, so there is this, there's this balance of, like I was saying before, of providing that structure without being overbearing to push the dog into a uncomfortable situation. And that's, that's where all that, like I always talk about this artistry that comes into it. That's where your voice matters, your shoulders matter, your legs matter, your chest matters, your leash handling matters, your eyes, your head, your everything about you matters. And, and it changes in microseconds to reflect uh, and deflect with the dog as you're working. Like the dog's going to give you information and then you provide more information 
with all these gestures of how what degree your elbow is and where your eyes are looking and it's it's a it's a it's something that really comes most naturally i think with most people but uh-huh. it, it is a it is a uh, it is a challenging thing for for people to understand and grasp but um so yeah so i think you're doing good with uh, where you're at now i i think what i would start recommending is if you so i understand what you said earlier about look if i put her on a leash and i start with obedience it it's kind of you hit a wall because she's so sh- she show well, she's kind of in this fighter. She's in this flight mode, I should say. And so it's yeah. hard to do stuff with her. Um, but here's, let's just go over some exercises and then you can tell me and let me know if these are things that you could do. Sure. Things that I would be doing um, is non-distracted, very easy recalls in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to be honest... I'm going to tell you this, but if if I was there and I was watching these things happen, this might change immediately. I might say, uh-huh. nope, never mind, doing something else. Right. So, so the first place I would say is you have to try to get the dog to work with you to some degree. Now, mm-hmm. if you had a confident young puppy and you had a squeaker toy and a treat in your hand and you said, dog, come, the dog's going to rip right towards you, right? She's right. not going to do that. So what you want to do, your objective is to start building confidence and trust. And mm-hmm. uh, with structure and love and boundaries and empathy and all this stuff, that's what I mean. It's like this, it's this perfect blend of what I would think is just being a good parent or a good human in general of let me help you. I know that this may be uncomfortable and something that you'd rather not do, but let me help you learn. And so right. um, the beginning stages in this, and I'm just going to use the recall as the, the foundational thing, but you can really yeah. you do this with anything. So what I would recommend is get a long line on her, get into an environment mm-hmm. that's non-distracted. So this could be your house. Uh, this could be, yeah, you know, your garage, your basement, outside if it's not too crazy. But I would recommend something that she's not, she's going to be less. Inclined to. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that so, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I would be doing things like saying her name. So be Kai come and just mm-hmm. trying to get her to work towards you. And what it does is. You saying her name, giving her, giving her some sort of leash pressure, and if she comes to you, then you make yourself a target, and you're basically trying to get her to follow you around. Right. Um, and you're when you're doing this, you're kind of crouched down, and you're targeting yourself, and you're encouraging her, and you're using all positive reinforcement to do so. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of things that I would be doing in the beginning. Now, if, if the other thing that you can do if she's in again, like shutdown mode is directional changes outside. So if you have a bigger area, um, side yard, backyard, driveway, where you can start doing directional changes, this is something Mm -hmm. that's been really helpful, um, with, with fearful dogs in, in my past with working with them has been, um, literally getting a long line 20 to 30 footer. And uh-huh. you get this space and you just go one way and you say your name, come, let's go. And you're not working on heel. You're not really even working on recall. All you're doing is we're, sh- we're going this way, follow. Okay, now we're going right. this way, follow. And this is def- like when you get a dog that been has been picked up on the streets or neglected or abused or all of the above, they don't, they don't have the natural, 
idea that everything good comes from humans. It's humans are kind of like, you're kind of dealing with like a wolf here. You're dealing with like a feral animal. Right. It's like, exactly. So she has no idea what to expect mm-hmm. or that's what her history has taught her. Yeah. Or what to trust or working with right. humans is, is probably really against her. Her, her grain. Yeah. yeah right. She's like, I don't, I'm not, why would I know? You know? So anyway, um, these are things that you start to do is just, Hey, let's go this way. Hey, let's go this way. Hey, let's go this way. And and throughout the whole time, you are obviously giving her tons of positive reinforcement. So good job. Mm-hmm. But you're not overdoing it. You're just kind of like, yep, good job. Doing good. Let's go. Yep, good job. And 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 what I like to do is I kind of act like it's it's no big deal. Like she comes right. towards me and I and I'm already looking where I'm going. And what this what this does is it gives you an opportunity to really teach the dog like um the less of a big deal you make something right the less of a big deal, of a big deal it's going it'll to be, be right and so you're kind of like the way i like to just play it cool like right just be cool like that that's what you have to do and and the dog will pick up on that the dog will say like oh this is this is this is not a huge deal should i be nervous should i be upset should i be fearful should i be anxious you just kind of play it cool because the moment right. that you don't play it cool is the moment where things kind of get dicey, where the dog starts to get overly stimulated. And um, it's it's like dealing with a human that has trauma. You can't tip him over the edge unless you, you kind of dig yourself out. You have to dig yourself out after that because now they're too stimulated. Right. They're not in a good state of mind. Um, they can't focus. Uh, and it, you kind of wash out during that session. So what I do, long line, mm-hmm. just back and forth, follow the leader. And it doesn't have to be tight and it doesn't have to be on command or demand. It just has to be like, let's go. And if you get, if you get hesitation, which you will, or you get uh, any type of, um, I guess, leash feedback, if you will, where she's like, yeah, but I'd rather feel more comfortable going this way because I can hide under something over here. You just give a little leash pressure and just keep walking because Mm -hmm. what a lot of people do when you get a fearful dog, that's like, I'm going to go this way. And you turn your whole body and you look at the dog and start talking to them, which everyone does. You're Uh that is open for discussion. Right. And you don't want to do that with a dog that doesn't make good choices. Exactly. 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 That's exactly right. So you don't put that on the table. You say, no, no, no. They don't get to drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going this way. That's it. We're That's it. That this is, this is not up for discussion. But again, we're not doing it in a way of get over here or whatever. It's, it's, it's really just, yeah. nope, let's go. Come on, come on. And you can use like what I have found to be helpful is like a, they make these plastic pinch collars. Um, it's like a martingale and a prong collar mix. It's not, oh, really? yeah, it's beautiful. It's not, a, it's not too much pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an, it's a safer pressure because if you were to use a flat collar or a harness, the dog's just going to try to back out the whole time. Uh, oh, yeah. and so using the plastic pinch collar Starmark makes it, it's like 20 bucks, super easy. Um, uh-huh. it gives you the ability to add that up, down, up, down, up, down type of, type of, uh, pressure there. Yep. Yep. So those are the types of things that I would do is just start off with follow the leader. And then if things progress there, first uh-huh. time, second time, third time, whatever. Then what I do after that is I start adding in some very, very easy to follow environmental boundaries, like, like lifestyle envir- environmental boundaries. So what I do is I typically will um, go to like the door or coming back inside um, 
whatever, um, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. Um, Uh and then what I do is I just do like a, like a stay or, or hold and then I'll release Uh and I'll release the dog back in. Um, so those are the types of things that I do. Um, so anyway, so, so that, that's my recommendation recommendation, um, is to start off with very basic fair, like fair is a good way to, to incorporate this. Yep, uh-huh. Yeah. So very fair, basic thresholds of starting to put in some boundaries and starting to put in some, some gatekeeping essentially, because the dog is in this flight fleeing mode and she, and she's like, I'm, she sees a door, I'm in it, I'm in it. And what you have to do right. is say, no, you're going to go through that door, but right. only when I give you the, so here's, uh, I always talk about this with behavioral training too, with some of my more, um, aggressive cases. It's the same type of, um, problem almost. Yeah. Like underpinning. Yeah. Same thing. Right. So <clears throat> what ends up happening is, is the dog assumes like, this is what I, they react. Right. So right. this is what I'm doing. I see an open door. I see the car door open, I see the crate open, et cetera. The dog goes, you know, every time, like there's no filter. It's just reaction. I'm doing this. And then what you're going to start to do with leash pressure is you're going to simply catch the dog or correct the dog. But in this Mm -hmm. case, it's going to be more direction than it is going to be correction. So we're not, we're not correcting the dog of like, Hey, bad, bad choice. Don't ever do that again. It's more, it's more catching the dog before they actually, you know, push, go to that point. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and all you're doing is you're waiting for calm, relaxed state of mind. Uh, and then, and then what you're doing is once the dog makes the decision to kind of calm down and chill, Mm -hmm. then, okay. And then boom. And then they can do it. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's the recommendation. Um, that's, that's great. And isn't that also, am I understanding correctly that that would require some long line work in the house itself? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. And don't, um, don't look at it too granularly. Look at it more of like the macro of what the um, ideal situation is for this dog. And the ideal situation is to follow the leader. However, you want to look at that inside, outside, um, 15 foot, 30 foot, like follow me, follow me. And then once you get closer to these thresholds, these natural thresholds, then you would, then you would start working more on, um, a slip leash or a plastic pinch collar and you could do it inside. You can do it outside, but any, all you're doing is, is basically the dog has to please may I be excused. Yes, you may. Yep. That's all you're doing right (laughs) now. And because before, you know, the, the, when you have a fearful dog and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. That's, that's right. how they're acting is they don't know what to do. They don't, they don't, but most importantly, not only do they not know what to do, but they've never looked at humans for that direction of guidance right. and, and navigation, if you will. And so now what you're doing is you're going to start that process of look at me, pay attention to me, watch me, ask me. And, and that relationship will start shifting gears dramatically for you guys. It's mm-hmm. not going to be overnight, but once she starts to actually look at you for permission to do things, it takes away that, what am I supposed to do? So that that's right. why she's insecure and fearful in the first place is she's like, I don't know what to do. And if you take that off the table and say, you don't even have to think about this, just, just ask me what to do. 
Right. See what I'm saying? That's what you're, that's what you're trying to do. And don't overwhelm yourself with everything that you might want to do. You just have to think like, how can I start getting this dog to ask for permission for things so she doesn't overwhelm herself and become, you know, whatever. Right. So that's undealwithable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause she's like, she's like that, you know, that worry wart of like, I got to do that. I got it. And you're like, Hey, chill right like don't have to you don't have to like the guesswork has been removed yeah yeah i'll help you like uh, somebody else can help you don't you know don't worry about it and that's what she's she is right right now right now so anyway that's like that's where you start i think that's really good especially for her because her one sort of happy place right now is you know bizarrely (laughs) given some of this other stuff on the leash and again as long as the environment is contained that's especially true um that's Edie the good dog. <laughs> Edie, Edie the good dog. Mm, love it. Being a guard dog. Let me go see what she's up to. Oh my goodness. You'd never know she's twenty pounds. Yeah. There we go. She's barking at the chewy guy. All right. Fair All enough. right. But yeah, back to back to where we were. Yeah, she's Kaya is very sort of relaxed on a leash. And again, it depends mm-hmm. on what you're putting in front of her. And you know, for instance, yesterday. Um, Chris went out with me when I was taking a walk with her and maybe this is a good place where that gets incorporated or maybe you think that this is not the place to do that but um, you know just having her outside or having him outside with her rather she was you know she was looking at she was constantly looking at him I could get her to sit and I would keep her sort of you know managing that threshold of sure she can look and sure she can um, you know, have her feelings about this, but keeping her beneath the sort of either shutdown or flee mode. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so that's, that's clearly something she's not comfortable with, whether he's in the house or outside the house. I think that might be a, I guess it's, it's all related, of course, but that just feels like maybe an extension beyond that's kind of step two or yep, phase exactly. two. She, cause, right. cause you're, cause you're not going to expect this dog to create a relationship with somebody she's naturally fearful of if she doesn't have, uh, that relationship with you yeah exactly yeah she doesn't trust anybody right exactly her her not trusting men or a man whatever it's the normal like that's that's whatever but but like i was saying is you know that that's something that you just have to work on yeah and i I think she can do that so if i understand correctly too i'm also taking notes i want to make sure Mm -hmm. i got this but it's working her on the line doing the directional changes and then additionally you know, perhaps in other circumstances, because this exercise itself is fairly well contained, but it's about redirecting her before she hits her thresholds. Is that not basically with, the gist? Not with these, not with these exercises. <clears throat> this okay. is going to be more right now. You have to create, you have to create uh, leadership and guidance and navigation. Mm-hmm. And she has to know like where to go. Right. So yeah, <clears throat> think of it like, uh, it's hard to explain, but think of it like there's all this, all this fluid in this, in this bottle. Right. And she's, tr- yeah. she's desperately trying to like go out somewhere and then you poke a hole and you're that person. You're like, you're going to come with me out this right. passage. She's going to, and so the more you explain to her that she has to go through you to get what she mm-hmm. wants, whether it's running away or, getting out a door, whatever the case may be that the beginning stages is just developing that foundation and not making things a big deal. Like when I have a dog that is super anxious on the end of the leash and they're, they think that they're, 
in serious trouble, right? They're like oh, r- yeah. running, you know, running crazy on the leash. And I'm just like, I, I really, I'll be on my phone or I'll just be You're looking like, to the out. sky. <laughs> like I don't, I don't make any, there's no reaction from me. And right. and that, those are the types of things that you should start doing is, is really teaching her how to handle herself. Um, because right now she just doesn't know how to handle life. And so the exercises isn't necessarily like the obedience. It's the bigger picture is just teaching. Yeah. is just teaching her to work with a human in order to to get that safety and that guidance and that leadership. And and again, like that's where everybody makes mistake. They get a fearful dog and they give them again, like love attention. Um, they're on the leash and they're talking to them and they're saying, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Let's go. Like, let's do this. It's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And the dog's just like, I don't know what to do. And then the owner is sitting there like, me neither. Me neither. What do we do? What should we do? How <laughs> do, do we, we want to handle it? The dog's like, oh, this is ter- this is a terrible situation. Situation, and then right? And then the owner, again, is like sitting there looking at the dog and talking to the dog and confusing the dog. And it just makes things really right, bad. Like doubling down on what doesn't work. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So that's so that, you, yeah, that can definitely be something we practice daily. Yeah. So so anyway, so those are the types of things that you'll be doing in the beginning, um, and then outside of that, just like v- be very. Con- so there's the training aspect. That's the physicality of it. That's that's the physical stuff. That's the things that you're going to be doing. Um, but then yeah. outside of that, uh, what you should be doing is also just be kind of working on the internal. So that's the external stuff, but the internal stuff, uh, again, like you just have to be very, very mindful about how you are, uh, talking to the dog and communicating with the dog. So, Mm -hmm. um, throughout the day, again, it's very, um, you just act cool. Like I can't, I can't like the way that I try to explain it when I was younger, like when I was younger, uh, uh, I would always like just walk into like my favorite concerts. And the only way I was able to do that is with confidence now because I, right. I remember i used to we used to me and my friends back in the day there's this tour called warp tour and it was vans oh warp, my God, yeah. yeah yeah so vans <laughs> warp tour they'd have like i don't know 50 bands in a venue it was great and i remember we we would get there and we would just walk in and i right and we would get into like these these and we would even go backstage like behind just, be, what, and, just and because I was, you acted like you yep. were supposed to be there right yep. yeah Yep. And we were, yeah. And we were like 18, like actually like younger than that, maybe like 17, 18, 19, like in those, in that age, right? Like after high school, trying to figure things out. And I can't tell you like so many people like, man, how'd you get backstage? We just walked by. Because just do it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there were some times where people were like, hey, you got passes. And we we're like, oh, no, forgot it on the bus, you know, and we yeah. just acted like uh, <laughs> play it cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You play it cool. So like no matter what, you got to play it cool because that right. confidence is is so big and and it means so much. And it, and it means a lot to, to insecure dogs. So, again, like when you're going through the house, like let's say for an example, you come home and the dog and she's sitting there and she's like, oh, and she's kind of nervous. And you just walk straight through to the living room or to the kitchen or whatever don't right. kneel don't down and talk to it. And yeah oh, it's okay right. it's yep. just me do you remember like all that stuff will be like, oh god oh god oh god so you just have to there's a time and a place to reward uh-huh yeah but it doesn't always have to come from the verbal right like let's right. say you're let's say you're let's say you you get home and she's like kind of darty and she's like stimulated and she kind of wants to be happy and Edie's kind of happy and everything's good, but she doesn't really know how to do. And you just walk by her and then you sit down and she may come up and you may just pet her chin, you know, calmly like talk to her a little bit. 
but but everyone else does the exact opposite and it just makes things really so bad. much worse mm -hmm. it's like claustrophobia almost mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense yeah because I've, I've noticed that even though that's not my natural inclination at all like there the few mostly accidental moments where i have had that more sort of a leadership role she she actually responds quite well i mean i think the, maybe the, the blessing in this dog is despite her massive challenges she does have that willingness to say like she you can almost hear her sometimes like tell me what to do you know yeah. uh, you have to say it in a way that she understands it but she's she is to my mind again more than i might expect given her other issues but she's receptive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so as long as I think I'm meeting her with things like this that actually assure her and give her structure in a way that sets her up for success in the long run. Yep. Yeah, I just, think that's a big part of it. Yeah, just ignoring her, honestly, a lot will, will help that. I mean, I know that that may sound a little bit bizarre, but she's trying right. to figure out, like, when, when I used to work with wolves in Colorado, uh, they would always tell us, they would always tell us before – so they had enclosures with with the ambassador pack, they'd call them. So the ambassador pack is essentially wolves or very high-content wolf dogs. Um, yeah, they, they, they would always tell us like, hey, when, when you go in – um, just act like you own the place. Like th this, you, you've lived here your whole life and they're not even there. And that would help the wolves feel more comfortable with you. And I remember this one young girl, she's probably six or seven. And, uh, Ken, the founder of mission wolf, Kent, sorry, Kent Weber. Uh, he, he just told this little girl, go in like you're the queen of the world. And, and she did. And she walked in uh -huh. and there's these four timber wolves that, she could walk straight under. That's how big they are compared to her. And, and wow. yeah, and, she, and they just whoosh, parted part like the Red Sea, just completely split <laughs> because she just like, this is Had my, right this attitude. is my world. Exactly. And so that immediately right. told them like, oh, okay, she's supposed to be, you know, like me sneaking right? into. It's back to work tour. Yeah. Like, exactly. It's the same thing. So you come, yeah, exactly. You come home and you just, you just walk straight through and that's just good for anybody with a dog to not even like I come home, Lakota, my uh, dog, she's like, oh, you're here. Boom, boom, boom. The tail's going. She may be jumping. Right. She may be stimulated. <laughs> she's excited. Like I don't, if I've, if I fed into that, it's just going to make that tail hit harder. It's going to make her right. jump higher and it's just going to put her in. It's not, there's nothing productive about that. I'm basically feeding the dog a bunch of sugar and saying, now calm down. Like that's not fair. Right. So same thing yeah. with an insecure, fearful dog. When you come in and they're like, Oh God, Oh, you're, you're back. I, I, I like you, but, I, and they're doing, and you're like, Hey, how are you? And they're like, Oh God, now I don't know. You know, it's like, it, it's, right. it just sets things off. So if you just walk in, and just be that leader of like calmness and confidence. And it's not ignoring the dog because you don't want to say hi to them. It's ignoring no. the dog to give them that comfort of this is not a big deal. You d you don't need to get overly stimulated. So right. things like that are huge. That makes sense. I have a question related to that. So like I said, I'm home pretty much all the time, but mm -hmm. There will be times where I try to go upstairs and get some work. I mean, there's different computers all over the place that do different things. And I've noticed more recently, I think, again, this is where it gets into that kind of the codependent thing. If mm -hmm. I go upstairs, she will either stay downstairs and cry. Um, again, we have not heard her bark, but she does the, the, the cry thing. Or mm -hmm. um, if I don't restrict her to the kitchen and she can go to the stairwell, she will just come up and she'll want to hang out. But it seems like that's not that's I haven't wanted to encourage that. I want her to have that sense of like you have to be there. But 
outside of just kind of ignoring her, is there is that really just the right thing to do in that situation? Yeah, in that situation for now, yes, because mm -hmm. she's like, "Hey, where'd you go? Where are you coming back? Are you you know?" And our inkling is always going to be, like, "It's okay. I'm just upset." Right. Like we egg it on, we pull it on, we keep it up. Yep, keep whining. Like I'm encouraging that because she's like, "Attention, attention! Hey, Pitt, don't leave me. Come back. Where are you going?" And then what we do is we do exactly the wrong thing. Is we're like, "It's okay. I'm just upstairs." Mom's going to fold the laundry. I'm going to be back down in a minute. And the dog's like, oh, God, oh, God, she, she's saying something. I, I, but I don't, I can't, I can't make it out because, oh, I don't speak English. And, and it just make you just literally don't. Yeah, you're not helping. Yeah, you're, you're making it worse. So, yeah, so you just, you stay cool, calm, and collective. Uh, just relax. And uh, it's the best thing to do. Um, you know, my recommendation is to do everything that you can to, again, play mm -hmm. it cool and, and keep her uh, relaxed. I think it's, I think it's imperative that that happens because again, like she's trying to figure things out. So right. you, the more she's like, Hey, is this okay? And you're like, yeah, it's okay. She's, she doesn't understand that. So you just yeah, have to that be, makes sense. yeah. Okay, cool. But also too, so I'm just, so I, I think I get this. I mean, most of the work is that, that sort of how do I also, that guidance to her to understand, you know, humans are good. I'm good. Mm -hmm. All good things come through me. We're going to be cool. You know, like that, that whole thing. So it's almost as if all these other, I, you know, for lack of a better term, I guess they're behavioral, but you know, the, the sort of running from this room to that room, the sort of, Oh my God, somebody shifted out a chair. I have to go. That's not really something that'll get solved directly. That's more an indirect byproduct of mm -hmm. these other efforts. Right. Is that exactly like the more, the more that that thing happens. So she thinks like, okay, you get up or you move the chair and she's like, that's going to end the world. So the right. more that you do those things and there's no direct correlation with anything negatively happening to her, the more right. her confidence will build. And some dogs are, you have to, it's, it takes a considerable amount of time for that to be successful. It's desensitization right. and behavioral stuff 101. You have to say, right. this doesn't matter. This is a trigger. This doesn't matter. This is a trigger. This doesn't matter. So so absolutely. But but do more of it, right? So go right. into the room, shift a chair and walk out. Go into the room, sit down, jump up, and then walk away. Like constantly change these things up um, to help her realize that the actions that she feels are in her case life-threatening to some degree right. is not and the more that you expose her and desensitize her to these things not being a big deal the mm -hmm. the, the 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 more she'll but you have to do it in increments and you also have to do it fairly like you don't you, you, and that's that's what i'm saying is like you, you have to look at her behavior as you're doing this like if she just like gets up and kind of scurries out that's that's yeah. that's that's okay but if she's like sitting there in the corner shaking then you're like okay that's too much so you have to you have to play Balance. it by yeah you have to play yeah. it by what's what's going to be okay and appropriate for her yeah that makes sense and you know that's a great point too because like i said i've been trying to She's really the, the test case, if you will, of me going and trying to find the information, doing the right thing. And a lot of people sort of anecdotally um, that I have found who've had dogs like this, like the, the prime person in my life is actually the trapper who got her. As you can imagine, um, the trapper has seven dogs of her own because over time, you know, she traps these dogs and people don't want them back because they're, they have all these issues and whatever. And yeah. so she's not a, really a trainer, but she's done it to the extent that she has to for, for her life and what she's dealing with. But she was the first one to say, she's like, with time, this dog is actually going to be amazing. So, but, but what my conflict has been is like, 
I don't want to pass too much time not knowing what to do because if I'm truly just exposing her to things, if I'm reinforcing the fact that, oh, I open the refrigerator door, it's time to run, mm-hmm. you know, that's the balance I've been trying to find. It's like I, I do believe it's a desensitization thing. Mm-hmm. But then it's also I just want to be super sure of like, am I just making everything worse by doing all the things that still upset her? You know, exactly. And 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 that's exactly it. And that's what that's what I'm saying is if you don't react to her reaction, yep. like if you don't right. feed into like the, the refrigerator door opens, she's like, oh, God. And you're like, oh, God, what's this? Right. right? She's going to be like, yeah, I know. Like, this is crazy. And you're so like, again, like you have to become a wall. Nope. Yeah. That doesn't matter. That and she'll go, yeah. oh. But but the wow, but the door yeah. yeah but the door opened like aren't you terrified and you're and you're just like you know making your coffee like no big deal you're right. not even looking at her and she's so then she'll look at you it's just like kids like they they're right. gonna look at you and look at you and look at you and you're just not doing anything and they're like oh wow see how see how <laughs> see how calm that lady the refrigerator door she didn't even run like this you know those are the, who's this person ex- yeah. exactly exactly that's the energy that you want she's gonna go oh right. god and then you literally don't move and she's looking at you like wow you must be the most confident thing ever i'm going to trust you from now on you you, you're not afraid of the the door and you're not afraid of the doorbell and you're not afraid of and the way that you handle that is just by not by you know it's like not not reacting yeah you just you can't like there's 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 a a time and a place for it right for sure that's great. Well, this is so helpful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I feel like that's plenty of sort of groundwork, you know, mm-hmm. but over time, like I said, I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm going to keep her because I think it's doable as long as I'm working with the right mindset and the right people. And so to that end, I was just wondering if, you know, in the future I can, you know, either schedule a consult or just do whatever is appropriate to continue to work with you on her yeah well to be honest i think the next steps for you is just continue like she's she, she just continue that time continue the new things that we talked about we are mm-hmm. creating an online uh training academy with me so um okay. d- different from consulting like now is we were we're going to work with one another uh, each week throughout the mm-hmm. throughout the week for a month so it's like a four week program and basically oh, you're cool. going to be sending me the footage of you working with the dog so I can really help you out with it because I find okay. that that's I mean consulting's great um sure it, it's definitely better than nothing and it's definitely better than dealing with some of the Bad other info. exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> some of the professional stuff I've heard out there I'm like it's crazy what the hell, man? exactly right. so so that so that new program that we're working on is is going to be more of a um one-on-one let me see your work here's the critique here's what you need to do different put your arm down change your change your collar up um right. things like that so that's going to come out in the next couple months but alternatively to that if it's something you wanted to do like in the next couple of weeks then you can just try to do some of the things that we've been talking about and then sign back oh, for up sure. for yeah. something like this okay. and then we can see where you're at that sounds great all right well i've got my homework i will do it cool <laughs> thank cool. you so much i also have the the collar written down she actually like i said she wears a slip lead her other collar is um a martingale collar but this other one that you have i have it written down yeah so star mark and you can get that chewy i heard you say chewy so chewy has them and there's two different sizes you want to get the small so there's uh one with a doberman and one with a chihuahua i think or something like that Uh or a pomeranian something on the front get the smaller one but get two of them so you can put them together and frankenstein them. Uh, that's the better collar yeah great i'll do that 
Okay. All right, thank you so much. I'll do what I got to do, and I'm hoping at some point I will be checking in with some good news and some progress. Great. Okay. Sounds good. Good luck with everything. Thanks, Tom. I so appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast, which means three of your dog training questions are going to be answered, which means more free dog training information for you guys. First one comes from Jordan and West. Hey, Tom, your podcast videos and the No Bad Dog Members Club has helped me turn around my anxious, reactive working line Aussie into a dream dog in less than a half a year. I feel so grateful that I found your content. It has truly changed both of our lives for the better. My question for you is, is I find myself getting burnt out with training him. There are still specific incidences where he can be very reactive and have stranger danger and have been working hard to try to train with him even more to combat these things sooner than later. He is fully conditioned on your e-collar and listens to me really well, but I'm just trying to proof his behavior and responsiveness. Am I being too hard on myself and him? And do I just need to give him time since he is so young still? Do you have any suggestions for daily schedules that him and I have where it won't lead to burnout for either of us? Well, I think it's a good question. Definitely, for sure. I would go out, um, so right now he's less than a half of a year, so he's less than six months. Um, If you've already got your dog fully trained on the remote collar in less than six months, you're already ahead of the game. So just try to switch switch it up. I mean, go go to different trails, go to different uh, activities for walks. Like you don't have to do the same thing over and over again. You can also introduce new behaviors to the dog. Um, So you just have to get creative on how to change up the training for your dog to not make it so repetitive so you don't hit burnout. And and then to be honest with you, like there's certain levels to obedience, level one, two, and three. So take all the obedience that you have right now and and make it better, make it more competitive, make it, make it harder, make it more of a challenge. The three D's distance, distraction, and duration. And then as far as the stranger danger stuff, um, your dog is, is less than a half a year. So I'm just rereading this. Um, there might be fear stages that your dog is going to be going through, but I would try to go out and desensitize your dog's dog to other people. So getting into social environments uh, that allows you to expose your dog to different environments to build that confidence with the dog, but also not overwhelm your dog by having a bunch of people come up to your dog. So the best way to get your dog more comfortable around new people is simply going out and getting your dog around neutral environments without overwhelming them. Uh, just like we talked about into this podcast, just kind of having the dog soak and giving the dog an opportunity to make good decisions and learn that uh, the world isn't so scary. Next one comes from KV. BGSD. My dog isn't aggressive. Tom is a true dog advocate. I have a reactive GSD and I was devastated thinking there was something wrong with her. My neighbors looked down their noses at me and I would work with her outside. They told me I was going to get sued and lose my home when she attacked someone. Needless to say, we sold our house and moved. Tom is giving me the confidence to understand that my dog is not dangerous and aggressive and she's totally misunderstood. After implementing some of his training methods, the reactivity relationship with my dog has greatly improved and she is improving. Thank you, Tom. I would still be a loss if I hadn't found your YouTube channel. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, again, like we always, there doesn't have to be a question into these guys. We just want to hear your feedback. Um, it keeps us going, right? If you guys literally didn't leave these comments and stuff and saying, hey, you've helped us, we wouldn't do it. The only reason why I keep doing what I'm doing on every platform almost every day, putting out free stuff, because it's helping you guys. And so those comments and that feedback are the motivation and gas that kind of continues the the drive. So every day I wake up and I get comments like this and it helps me want to improve and continue to push on. So thank you. 
Next one comes from SoCal Hunt Fish, uh, amazing personal trainer. The podcast is amazing, teaches people uh, what they are doing wrong and have helped me tremendously. Can't recommend enough. I've been listening for a year or so now. My question is, my buddy and myself had picked up two German sh- two German wirehead pointers. Oh, this is the same type of dog we worked on on yesterday's podcast. They get along with all dogs. When they are solo, but when we bring them around each other, they will absolutely try to kill each other almost instantly. It's a standoff. The bruh freeze. Hackles go up and it's growling, then a fight. Usually due to the other one trying to tower over the other, they can't, they don't have the issue with any others. Can easily tell one is a bully. We have leashes on them to try to correct them. Um, We have put them into kennels. Um, They both get as far as away from one another. Um... Uh, any tips or tricks? Well, it's, it, you know, to be honest with you, to me, it sounds like these dogs are intact. If these dogs are intact and they're not fixed, that's the reason why that's happening. And there's not much training you can do with it because it's a personal problem with them. Uh, we've talked a bit, we've talked about this so much on the podcast an unbelievable amount of almost every other podcast we talk about dogs being intact. If you have an intact male and they fully mature, they will not like other intact males very likely. And that's because, in, well, we talked about it. My my answer, if you listen to last podcast with the wire hair short, German short-haired wired pointer, it'll go into that more in depth. Next one comes, we'll just do one more because the other one was just a review. Next one comes from Alice137Puppy, four-star review, awesome podcast, love the show, always exciting when a new podcast is posted. Um, Working through training with a new dog, we are getting really good on recall, long lead, but still working on recall and distractions. Other dogs are way more interesting. She is she is a formal street dog, so it's been a long training process. We are making great progress, but what would be the key indicator that our dog is ready to start e-collar training? Our goals would have a recall. Um, so the e- indicators are, hopefully we can turn this four-star into a five-star, if I can answer this. Good. <laughs> Just kidding. Kind of. Uh, the indications of your dog being ready for e-collar work is the basics of whatever you're going to, so whatever you're going to use the remote collar for, recall, place, downstay, etc. Um, if those things are great, then you can start introducing the remote collar. It's that simple. Um, you're only going to introduce the remote collar to behaviors that your dog knows well. So if you go out with your dog and you ask your dog to do things without, uh, a reward in your hand, um, and your dog does it without that reward, then you're in good shape and you're ready for remote collar. The remote collar, you guys, as I always talk about is, the ability to train your dog on behaviors they know well, uh, off leash. So it's that it's that final um, stages of of uh, you know creating a better relationship with your dog off leash. Um, so as long as your dog knows the behaviors well, then you'll be in really good shape to introduce it. But if you need food and you need to constantly correct your dog to do stuff, then you're not ready for the remote collar. So I hope that helps. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I'm really excited um, about our Canadian tour. We get we've been getting asked for five years now to come to Canada and we're finally doing it to Toronto and Calgary link in the description below. If you guys want to come hang out with me for the weekend next month, we're really excited to get there. All right, guys, talk to you next week. Bye. Having a versatile, high quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American giant puts the quality durability and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French Terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. 
Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.